Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a story about David Christian that I was just reminded of since I lit the candles in the middle of the service. I forgot who told this to me. It may have been Keith Obert, but apparently one long forgotten Sunday service, the candles weren't lit the whole time, and someone came up to David after the service and said, David, I noticed that the candles weren't lit on the altar. And he responded, oh, that's because it's the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost and we don't light the altar candles on the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost, which is not true. I think that is hilarious. There's been many times here when I've had to go light the, uh, the, the altar candles or, you know, tell an acolyte, go light the altar candles. And I think of David in that funny story every time I do so. That has nothing to do with this sermon. Here is the actual sermon. As you can see, we have once again a baptismal banner hanging here at the Chapel of the Cross. That is because today we have baptisms here again for the first time since January. At 8.45, we baptized Lucy Lee Blakeney. And soon at this service, we will baptize Jackson Scott Bauer. A lot of babies were born while we were in quarantine. And because of this, and because we have not been able to hold baptisms due to the pandemic, we have a lot of them coming up. So be warned. Prepare yourselves. It is a joyful occasion. It is a joyful occasion to once again fill that font with water. It is a joyful occasion to once again ask you all, the gathered body of Christ here at the Chapel of the Cross, that question. Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support this person and his life in Christ? Of course, it will be joyful to hear you all respond once again with the resounding, we will. Once more, we will renew our baptismal covenant. We will, with God's help, vow to continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers. We will, with God's help, vow once again to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbor as ourselves. We will, with God's help, vow to strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. 
I have missed renewing our baptismal covenant. Just as two persons make vows to each other to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, so too do we make vows, all of us gathered here, to proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ as we strive to follow Jesus Christ. Our baptismal covenant grounds us in Jesus. It is an outline of how to live like Christ in our own day and time. And let's be honest, you all, we could all use a reminder these days of what it means to be Christ-like. It will be good to have the Holy Spirit descend upon the waters of baptism and to churn those waters, to bless those waters. It will be good to once again pour water upon the head of a child in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It will be good to seal these children by the power of that same Holy Spirit and to mark them as Christ's own forever. That might be my favorite part of the whole baptismal service, that one line being, being sealed and marked as Christ's own forever. It will be good as we welcome the newly baptized today like we did at 845 to welcome Jackson Scott into the body of Christ, the family of God. The first baptism I did since January was actually last Sunday. It was at the outdoor chapel at Camp Bratton Green. We were supposed to baptize Elizabeth Denson Arnold on Sunday of Parish Weekend back in April. But of course, that was canceled like everything else. The pandemic had other plans for us. But last Sunday at that service, as about 60 of us gathered at that outdoor chapel, I spoke of that baptism, this baptism, and the ones to come in the months and weeks ahead as the light breaking through. These baptisms are the light breaking through. Today's baptisms and the ones to follow are not just an initiation, right? They are not merely a way to make someone a Christian. One of the gifts we receive through baptism it's a promise of God's presence with us. These baptisms today and the ones to come are a reminder of that precious gift. That God is with us. That God is our help in ages past, in the present now, and is our hope for years to come. These baptisms are the light breaking through our darkness. Our darkness of uncertainty, anxiety, Worry, fear, and whatever emotions this pandemic elicits from us. These baptisms are like that rainbow you remember from Genesis, from the flood story. That rainbow that appeared after God flooded the earth. That rainbow was a covenant that God would never do such a thing again. These baptisms are a covenant that God loves us and will always abide with us. Another sign of God's never-failing presence throughout the ages is today's gospel lesson. We see in this gospel lesson the desire of God to be in relationship with us. We see the continual reaching out of God to us. Even when it is rejected, even when we fail, even when we fall short, God is there as He always has been. 
Even when we are like those wicked tenants and we fall into sin, God calls us back into a relationship with Him. God calls us home. Jesus is in yet another squabble with the members of the Sanhedrin, the same group of societal elites and know-it-alls that will condemn Him to death. The parable of the two sons from last week, the parable of the wicked tenants today, and the parable of the wedding feast next Sunday. These are all a response from Jesus. These are all a rebuttal from Jesus to the authorities, the leaders of Israel, when they ask Him, who gave you this authority? The chief priests and the elders, the leaders of Israel, they know that Jesus has authority. That cannot be denied. They cannot dispute that Jesus has authority. They have seen and heard what he has done, healing those with infirmities and casting out demons from those possessed. There's not a question of does Jesus have authority, but rather who does this authority come from? In this second of three parables, Jesus attempts to answer their question. Jesus gives cliff notes today on the salvation history of Israel. God, the landowner in our parable, sent the prophets time and time again. The prophets are the slaves in the parable. Time and time again, God sent them. And time and time again, they were rejected by the leaders of Israel, the wicked tenants in today's parable. Some of those prophets were not only rejected, but they were killed. They were stoned. Then God, the landowner, sent his son as his final act. And his son, like the prophets, will be killed, will be rejected by the elders, by the elders and leaders of Israel. By the end of this gospel lesson, we see the chief priests and the elders of the people realize that Jesus is talking about them, that they are the wicked tenants. It is they who the kingdom of God will be taken away from, as Jesus says. And this does not help the relationship between Jesus and those leaders of Israel. Jesus telling them that the kingdom of God will be taken from them and given to others, well, that just makes them even more mad. And their desire to have him arrested is magnified 100-fold. If we focus too much on the allegory of this parable and who is who, and if we focus too much on the I know you are, but what am I, back and forth between Jesus and the leaders of Israel, then we miss a great point. We miss a comforting point. We miss that God continues to reach out to us. That God, through the prophets, and through His own Son, Jesus Christ, has continued to reach out to us throughout salvation history and has even come to us to dwell as one of us, to breathe our air, to walk our walk, to live our lives, to know our sadness, to know our joys, to laugh and to weep. God has always made it a point to be with us. God has always made it a point to be present with us. God has and always will call us into relationship with Him. And again, we try and we fail. We don't get it right. We screw it up royally. 
we put ourselves and our desires before God, we might even act like the wicked tenants and reject God completely. But God is still there. He hasn't moved. God does not move. With our imperfections and blemishes, God still calls us. Calls us in love. Calls us in relationship. Calls us home. Our baptism is a beginning of our relationship with God. We are reminded through these baptisms today and the ones to come that in the midst of this pandemic, that relationship still exists, that God still exists. We celebrate the relationship that God will res- has established with Lucy Lee and will establish with Jackson Scott this day. We celebrate the relationship we all have with our God through baptism. Today we celebrate because once again we are witnesses to God's saving grace. Today we celebrate because we have baptisms once again here in our chapel. Today we celebrate that light of God breaking through the darkness. Amen.